Let's start with the Nokar mantra. Namo Arihantanam, Namo Sitanam, Namo Ayarianam, Namo Ujayanam, Namo Luisarasahonam, Eso Panchan Mokaro, Sava Pava Panasano, Mangala Lancha Savasim, Paramam Have Mangala. What is the purpose of meditation? To find inner peace. To find inner peace. Other purposes? Just to calm yourself down. To calm yourself down. Recognize your to-do list and write it down. Okay, to to think about your life and your productivity. The purpose of meditation is to increase the quality of your life, which we talk about all the time in this class. And one of the benefits of meditation among all the things that people said are it reduces stress, increases your sense of well-being, increases your connectedness, self, sense of connectedness and empathy, improves your focus, improves your relationships, makes you more creative, improves your memory, improves your ability to make decisions, can help you overcome addictions, can help with your cardiovascular health, can help with your immune system, can help you be more creative, can help you deal with physical and emotional pain, and can help you find inner peace. So. If it has all of these benefits, why isn't everybody doing it? Why aren't people talking about it more? Why isn't this part of the health curriculum? Why don't they teach it at school? Because it is difficult. It's hard. It's extremely hard. That's right. Uh, it's extremely hard and it's also kind of very subjective and it's weirdly personal. Uh, and that's why they don't teach it at school. And it's also a East versus West thing. In the tradition of Eastern religions, meditation is very common. Whereas in the tradition of Western religion, it is not that common. For a lot of reasons that we won't get into, uh, but uh, that has a lot to do with it too. So let's try an exercise. Close your eyes. Take a deep breath. Imagine yourself when you were little. Little you is sitting down by the side of the road and you're happy. Why are you happy? Because you're a little kid. You got no worries and you got no cares. Now you could be sitting in the grass or on a blanket or on a small chair. It's just whatever makes you happy. Another reason you're happy is that you've got your dog sitting next to you. Now this dog is your best friend. You grew up together. You raised the dog since the dog was a puppy. And the dog had a big part in raising you. There's nothing that you and your dog love better than sitting by the side of the road and watching the cars go by. It's just one of those things that make you happy for no reason. And you can't explain it. You like to hear the sound of the cars rushing by. You like the colors of the cars. You're secretly glad that you're not worried and in a hurry like all the people in the cars seem to be. Oh, and you can play with the dog whenever you want. That's also why you're happy. Here's the thing. The only thing that can make you unhappy is if your dog starts chasing the cars. 
because your dog's not on any sort of leash. So when he starts to chase the cars, you have to chase after him or her. Then you get worried because the dog's life is in danger. And because you're chasing the dog, your life is in danger. And then you know you have to walk all the way back to where you're sitting. And that is the only thing that can make you unhappy. But when you do, you sit down again and you watch the cars go by. And you're happy because you like to do it and the dog likes to do it. So there's only two twists in this story. The cars are your thoughts, and the dog is your attention. Everything else in the story is true. You are profoundly happy when you watch your thoughts go by without acting on them, without thinking them through, only observing them. You become unhappy when you act on your thoughts. Think your thoughts through and allow your attention to chase those thoughts. Why? Because it is in the nature of your soul to be happy. Your natural state is happiness. And you yourself are constantly moving away from happiness by chasing your thoughts. So whenever you realize that you are chasing your thoughts... You have to go back and sit at that spot with your attention, with your dog, and you will be happy. You can open your eyes. What does it mean when we say the quality of your attention determines the quality of your life? Come on in. We just did, finished our first meditation exercise. What does it mean when we say the quality of your attention determines the quality of your life? So you pick what things you want to pay attention to. Uh-huh. And that can invariably can affect your quality of your next step, which could be the Right. So you pick the things you want to pay attention to. But what does the quality of your attention mean? How can attention have a quality? I can pay attention to something or I cannot pay attention to something. How can there be a quality to attention? I think that's the whole definition of meditation. Because if you're not, if you just close your eyes and, you know, we, when we originally started the meditation part, it was like, can you do it for a minute? Right. Can you do it for two minutes? Right. That's the quality of it, right? Mm -hmm. And the better you become at quality, the longer it probably becomes in time. That you... Quality is not quantity, though. If you can meditate for one minute, that might be at the same quality you can meditate for two minutes. Maybe true. I'll give you an example. Let's say you're reading a book. You probably have done this. You're just, you're reading a book, and then you get to the end of the paragraph, and you realize, I have no idea what I just read. <laughs> you know, like, I read the words, but I wasn't paying attention to them. Right? It's not that you didn't understand it because the words were too high for you or you're too dumb for the book you could understand it if you paid attention to what you're but somehow you're just reading and you got lost in thought or something i'll give you another example uh sometimes we you can eat and you can watch something on your phone right 
And sometimes uh, you'll finish eating and you're like, wow, I'm hungry. Even though it was like your normal meal, right? <laughs> you're hungry because you didn't pay attention to what you're eating. So that, that's what I'm talking about when I say the quality of your attention. Your attention can have different qualities. That is, you can be a certain level of distracted when you pay attention to something. And it doesn't matter about whether you pay attention to it. And it doesn't matter about how long you've paid attention to it. It matters about how well you've paid attention to it. Uh, in, that, in that book example, uh, it's only in hindsight where you can see that you were kind of in a fog while you were reading, right? Uh, you can't tell, if I were to ask you what you were doing and you were reading, you'd say, I'm reading, right? You wouldn't say, I'm not reading. If I were to ask you when you were eating something and watching something, what are you doing? You say, I'm eating. But it's only in hindsight that you can see, well, it wasn't actually reading. Okay, you can't know it in the moment. And so what I'm telling you is that you're going through your life like that. You may say, that's not true. I'm concentrating and paying attention right now. But no, I'm telling you, just like the book example, it's only something you can see in hindsight. You do not know that the quality of your attention is extremely poor. It's only when it becomes better that you realize you've been living your whole life, 40 years in a dream, in a kind of fog. Okay? And that's why they call it waking up. Or that's why they call it enlightenment. Because you've, you've suddenly realized, you've hit a moment of realization that you spent 40 years doing the wrong thing. Living the wrong way. It's like you live your life as if you're reading a book without understanding the meaning of the words. Because the quality of your attention is so bad. And so by practicing meditation, you increase the quality of your attention as you go throughout life. That means the subjective, subjective experiences of your life are deeper and more meaningful. You will get more out of living in the present moment. You will get more out of interacting with your child and seeing a, a smile on your child's face or seeing a tear in your child's eyes. And remember, all that ultimately increases the quality of your life by having a more meaningful life. So that's what we mean when we say the quality of your attention determines the quality of your life. Questions or comments about that? All right, so just how on earth are you supposed to let your thoughts go without thinking about them? Isn't it the fact that, well, once I had a thought, I thought about it. No, that's not true. Uh, one way you can do that is to focus on your breath. So let's try another exercise. Okay, close your eyes. And first I want you to observe how you're feeling right now. <clears throat> observe how your body and mind feels right now. Now take a deep breath. And keep taking deep breaths. See if you can focus on your breath. See if you can focus for one full breath 
as you start to inhale and the very last time you exhale. Notice how when you focus on your breath, you're not paying attention to other thoughts. Hey, come on in. And if something like a stray sound or something distracts you, you're not doing meditation right. It's not about silence and relaxation. See if you can focus on two full breaths. Notice how your body and lungs expand and contract. Notice how your ribs might move. Notice all the other parts of the body that move when you breathe. And it's so interesting because there's a lot that's going on when you breathe deeply. There's a lot to focus on if you try to focus on each breath. You focus on the beginning. You focus on how good it feels to fill your lungs with air. You focus on when you're going to stop inhaling and when you're going to start exhaling. You focus on how your body moves when you exhale. And you focus on when you're going to run out of air and the time between the exhalation and the inhalation. And you start all over again. There is quite a bit to focus on and it's all very interesting. And notice how when you do that, you're not worried about the past. You're not worried about the future. You're not worried about what you're gonna have for lunch. You want to keep doing that. You want to keep focusing on your breath, but my voice keeps impinging on your consciousness and bothering you. And you wish I would shut up so you could focus on your breath. The thing about it is, you could get to this place anytime. Hey, come on in. If this opening and closing of the door is bothering you, then you're not doing it right. The thing is, you could focus on this anytime. You didn't need me to tell you to focus on your breath so you could forget to worry about your problems. You've had your breath with you all along. So imagine if there were a place you could go to get free from pain. And you found that place. 
Well, once you found that place, your normal life would become so much better because you know you could go back to that place anytime you wanted. And whenever you're feeling stressed or whenever you have problems, you could go back to a place where there are no problems. Well, guess what? You just found that place and you've had it with you all along. You can open your eyes. So think about how you're feeling now versus when I told you at the start of the exercise to notice how you're feeling. What's the difference? You're feeling more relaxed? That's great. Yeah, you're back now, right? Yeah, it sucks, right? You want to go back there, right? That's great, yeah. You found a place free from pain. You found a place where you didn't have to worry about anything. You didn't have to worry about how you got here. You didn't have to worry about where you're going. You want to be in that place. And you can get back to that place anytime, at any moment. And this is the power of meditation. This is what we were talking about. You can imagine this is what that list we were talking about. How does meditation reduce stress, increase your sense of well-being, increase connectedness and empathy, improve focus, improve relationships, blah, blah, blah. Well, this is like the most basic meditation there could be, right? There's a million different kinds of meditation and you're already feeling better. Questions or comments? Okay, so there's a million different types of meditation, and these are, we're going to go through a couple. One important thing to keep in mind, you, you heard me say that, well, if this is distracting you, people coming in and out or sounds are distracting you, you're not doing it right. Well, if the point of meditation is relaxation and those sounds are not helping me relax, what do you mean I'm not doing it right? How can I be not doing it right? How am I supposed to be able to meditate with like car alarms going off and things like that? Yes. Why? Here's what we try to understand. The phrase to keep in mind and to think about is that everything is an appearance in consciousness. Okay? What does that mean? That means all sensory inputs are just appearances in consciousness. That is, there's only the consciousness and there's only the things that appear in your consciousness. So let's try that. Okay, close your eyes. Okay, so everything is an appearance in consciousness. Right now, you have your eyes closed. You can't see anything. It looks kind of like a dark, just like a, it just looks kind of just black. And, but you still have sensory inputs. You hear my voice and you feel the ground you're sitting on. And depending on what you pay attention to, you can feel your breath. One way you can think about it is like consciousness is like the sky, a blue sky. Okay. And all appearances in consciousness are like clouds that pass through the sky. All sensory inputs, that is, including my voice, are just clouds that pass through the sky. And you just see them. 
Just like you just hear my voice. It's like a cloud passing through the sky. And guess what? You can feel the ground you're sitting on. That's also an appearance in your consciousness. It's just a feeling. And that feeling is just like a cloud passing through the sky. But guess what is also an appearance in consciousness? Your thoughts. You are not your thoughts. You are the consciousness. You are the sky. You are the medium through which everything appears. So when a thought appears, you do not have to think it. You can just watch it move across the sky. You hear the people outside. That is just one cloud. You feel yourself breathing. That is another cloud. And you may start to think, well, if everything I hear, think, see, smell, touch, taste are clouds in the sky, what is the sky? That's yourself. That's the real you. That is your soul. Too often we think we are the clouds. You are not the clouds. You are not your thoughts. You are not the things you eat. You are not the things you taste or the things you see. All those are appearances in consciousness. Another way to think about it, if you don't like that example, is that everything is playing on a movie screen. Even the thoughts and the feelings you have are part of the movie. You are the observer of the movie. They are not yourself. Even the feelings that you have are on the movie screen. You are watching the movie. That's what I mean when I say, if it's loud or something happens, somebody walks in the room, you hear the people outside, that shouldn't disturb your meditation because they are simply the clouds in the sky and you watch them go by. And that's what meditation is. It's sitting on the side of the road with your dog, watching the cars go by. And every time you let something, a cloud or a car bother you, guess what? You're chasing the car and you're not happy. Every time you focus on one of the things on the movie screen, you're not happy because it is in the nature of you to be happy. And when you start chasing those clouds or chasing those cars, you're unhappy. And that's why you shouldn't let the sound of my voice bother your meditation. It's just another thing that appears in your consciousness. And that's what we mean when we say, Everything is an appearance in consciousness. You can open your eyes. Questions or comments about that one? Question. Yeah. So when you say it shouldn't bother you, you can still hear it, but it, it's just 
you're not paying attention to it. Like you still focus on it. You got so it. It's not like you're, you're not, not focused on it. Yeah. You just see it. And you don't let it bother you because you know you can let it go at any time. Because it's kind of hard to like, I'm, I'm sure there are levels of concentration where someone can't even hear that. Right. As, the, as a beginner, it's not possible. So I, I can still try, like, even though I try hard, I right. can still hear the background noise and stuff. You're going to hear it. Yeah. Okay. But it won't bother you and you'll let it go. And now you know how Mahavir Swami could stand for meditation and not even feel a snake bite him in the foot. Because like you said, there's levels to it. And when you get to that level, you won't hear it. But we're not going to get to that level. This is just for beginners. Okay? Don't try to start with that. Don't try to start with, oh, I can't even hear the people outside. No. Start with, I can hear that. And I notice that it's an appearance in consciousness. And I can let it go. But you're right. Once you get there, you're not going to hear that. And once you're deep in meditation... You're not going to care if a snake bites your foot or somebody drives nails through your ears. That's how that's how some of these things can be fantastical, right? We we hear those kind of stories and we're like, oh, it's just a story. It makes us not believe it, right? Like, how could that even happen? It can happen. And if you once you start to meditate, you'll learn how it can happen. Other questions or comments? We tried uh, breath awareness and we tried... Uh, open awareness that is how can everything be an appearance in consciousness question yeah if the intensity of impression is very loud it's a human thing and it can be variable from person to person but sometimes it can be very overwhelming unconsciously you are just focused into that that you cannot do anything you cannot think anything can that happen well, first thing is that you're not a human. So, unfortunately, we have to fight all the things that tell you that you're human. We're so wrapped up into believing that we're a, a body. Uh, try to believe that you're a soul instead of a body. Question. First, we did. Second, this time I did. I don't know. I just went to, like, I was about to, like, doze off. Right. Right. Then I came back. Right. Then happened again. Mm-hmm. And came back. Mm-hmm. And that happens to me whenever I do this. Right. That is also a feeling. And you can inspect that feeling. When you meditate, you can get angry. Or you can... And that is something to observe and let go like a cloud in the sky. Uh, certainly, when we uh, become relaxed and when we become... Uh, and when it's quiet and when we close our eyes... Our body is signaling to our brain that it's time to go to sleep. And you might go to sleep. And don't worry about that. Uh, keep on doing it. And pretty soon you'll get your life on track to where you can sit down and close your eyes without needing to go to sleep. But I think that feeling is so relaxing. Right. So the purpose of meditation is generally not to relax. Not it's a byproduct of meditating. All these things are byproducts of meditating. We don't meditate to relax. We meditate to increase the quality of our life. And one of those byproducts is relaxing. If it's so relaxed that you're falling asleep, that's certainly understandable. Try to get more sleep so that that doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> How to limit your thoughts? Uh, Sometimes you How do you limit your thoughts? You don't. You're yeah. not in control of your thoughts and you are not your thoughts. You watch them go by. It doesn't matter how many there are. And they come very fast. 
because your brain is extremely good because when it's your brain is going to fight you okay this is what happens your brain gives you a thought and when you chase it when you think about it your brain is happy because it's doing its job okay so what guess what happens when you let it go your brain says panics and it sends you another one okay and then this is what happens when you start to meditate you keep letting them go your brain keeps panicking and like rapid fire sends you thoughts because it's desperately trying to get you to think about something. The dog is desperately trying to chase the cars. And so once you start to get in this uh, method of letting go these rapid fire thoughts, that's when you realize you're in control and not your brain. And you can determine which thoughts you pay attention to. That means it's working. When you start panicking, that means it's working. That means you're realizing it's like this. It's like you're, it's like this with you and your body or your soul and your brain or whatever you want to call it. When you start to realize, you'll start to see it like this. Okay. You start to realize, Hey, maybe there's something to this, something to this soul, not being the body. Maybe there's something to my soul existing. And then it'll start to go like this and you, and then you'll start to realize, Hey, maybe I have been a slave to my thoughts my entire life. Maybe I have been in a fog my entire life and maybe I have been distracted and the quality of my attention has been extremely poor my entire life. That means it's working. I like the idea of sky and cloud because mm -hmm. whenever I've been trying letting go of thought without getting involved it's really difficult but when you do it like okay it's a cloud and it's just passing by makes it a little easier to just go, see it go by right and that's just an analogy and a lot of people have like to think about it like that it's just a stepping stone to get you to understanding don't ask me questions about the analogy okay because all analogies break up like what is the cloud made of or why is it why is it a thunderstorm it's not like that okay it's just to help you try to understand it but like what is a movie theater like don't ask me about that okay it's just to help you understand it and that's one of the things i don't like uh, is that i've used you know we've talked about the meditation apps and i've had you download it to your phone right and you all have it on your phone and it's ready for when you want to start your meditation the problem i have with those apps is they don't tell you any of this they're really vague about how meditation can help you. They're like, try this meditation to get to sleep better. But it doesn't tell you how to get to sleep better. But try this meditation to improve your relationship. But it doesn't tell you how sitting down and thinking about this is going to improve your relationships. They'll never tell you that. I don't know why. If I made one of these apps, I would just tell you. I think I have uh, an idea of why they don't say that. Maybe because it's the reason they don't teach meditation in schools. It's kind of really subjective and it's also weirdly personal, okay? But I wouldn't do that. And I think one of the reasons why is they want you to have these epiphanies yourself instead of telling you what epiphanies you're going to have. <laughs> and by having it yourself, if you get that far, uh, you really like want to pay for the app or something like that. Or you really want, you think well of the app and you recommend it to all your friends or something like that. I think that that's why they do it. But I am not for that. I will tell you what you're supposed to get out of meditation. One thing that I 
am working towards, I'm not ready yet, is somebody has told me that when you meditate, there's something called subject-object duality. That is, we think we're the subject and we think everything's an object. And when you meditate, let's say I pick up this pen and I focus on it, and I perform this subject-object duality meditation. Well, what starts happening is I realize I am not a subject and this is not an object. And they, what they call that subject duality, object duality disappears. Where it's kind of like, I am the object and I am the subject. And there's no subjects and there's no objects. It's kind of like when you take drugs and you feel like you're, you're on the same wavelength with everybody. You feel like you can read their mind or you feel like we're the same person. It's kind of like that, but with objects. Okay, so I'm not there yet. None of us are there yet. But people tell me that that's what's there yet. You're laughing, but yeah, it's kind of like that. Um, so that's what I'm working on. Why are you laughing? I'm just, I'm just laughing because I, I, I can relate to that probably. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking drugs? Yeah. All right. Just take one of these and pass it down. <laughs> these are these are I watched them. These are clean. We're gonna look at the app. All right. So now we did we did a couple types of meditation. Now we're gonna do eating meditation. All right. Don't eat your apple yet, because <laughs> there's a lot to do before we eat the apple. I washed them this morning. Okay. All right. Hey, come on in. You came, no, no problem. You came just in time for eating meditation. This is everybody's favorite. All right, you know exactly what this is. All right, this is an apple. You've eaten a million of these things before. You know exactly how it's going to taste. You know exactly everything about this. It's not a surprise. Okay, so here's what I want you to do. I want you to put the apple down in front of you. And look at it. You've eaten a bunch of apples before, but you haven't eaten this apple. This is your apple. See, take it in visually. See how small or large it is. Look at what color it is. Look at what shape it is. See if you notice anything different about it. Okay, pick up your apple and feel how heavy it is. And feel how hard it is. And feel how it feels, how cold or hot it is. Okay, smell your apple. 
Does it smell like anything or nothing? Remember, the quality of your attention determines the quality of your life. So are you paying attention to your app? Or are you bored? If you're bored, why are you bored? Because you've seen this apple a million times, right? <laughs> so you're bored. How why why how could this possibly be interesting, right? But I'm telling you, the quality of your attention determines the quality of your life. The better you are able to see and feel and smell this apple, the better your experience of eating it will be. Okay. Now take a small bite and close your eyes. And feel how it feels to chew your apple. What is the texture like in your mouth? What is the taste like on your tongue? We know that everything we've talked about are signals to the brain. Are the signals in your brain any different? Now that you're concentrating on chewing your apple? Does the taste of the apple change with every chew that you take? I bet it does. I bet certain chews are more sour. I bet certain chews are more sweet. Have you ever noticed that before? Now swallow the piece of apple that you chewed and feel how that feels. Follow the bite as it moves down your throat and into your stomach where you know it's going. Take another bite. The quality of your attention determines the quality of your life. The better you are able to concentrate on eating this apple without getting distracted, the better the experience of eating the apple will be. And it may be a joke to you. It may be boring. This is something you may have done. But it may not. You can open your eyes. Did anybody feel anything different other than eating a normal apple, which you've done a million times? I was enjoying it more. You were enjoying it more? Yeah. Did you think you would? Or was it a surprise that you enjoyed it more? I think I was paying more attention. Mm-hmm. So I was appreciating what I was eating. Right. Did you know an apple could taste this good? I knew it, but never had that. Have you ever had an apple taste this good? I wouldn't be able to say that. Don't know. Don't know. Anybody else? 
focusing on eating. Yeah. Before focusing, just observing. I never observed it. My apple was a heart shape. Right. Oh, yeah. Never knew that. Wow. <laughs> different shade of colors. This side was way darker than this side was way lighter. Right. And then I was thinking maybe this got more exposed to sun than this one. Right. And started analyzing that part. Right. <laughs> Because as we go, let's say we're going through the grocery store. We don't. We're worried about getting our shopping done. We don't really see those things. Let's say we're eating. We're worried about the show we're watching. We don't really see those things. Would you say that enhanced your experience of eating the apple? Um, I don't know if the apple tasted the same. Right. And in back of my mind, I've tasted better apples. So right. This was. You're right. Regular. The apple tasted the same. For example, I'm not saying that the apple is sweeter. Right. I'm saying the experience of eating the apple. Is better than your experience of eating previous apples, <clears throat> and maybe that is where my confusion is because right. And I'm not saying it was sweeter or not sweeter, but actually that also determined that did not enjoy because it was an average apple and not sweeter or sour or different taste. So I think the taste did. Change my experience of, but I did like the texture. Right. I did understand it swallowing through, and I could feel it is, it's it dipped into my stomach and floating on my acids. Right. So then, yes, the intent is different, right? Because earlier when you're eating an apple, you're eating an apple because you're hungry or you want to eat some fruit. Right. You're not really enjoying the, the experience of eating an apple. Right. Right now you're focused on in the experience, and that's why you're probably enjoying it more. Mm-hmm. Other questions or comments? So the next time you're all going to get out of here and have lunch, okay? I want you to treat your entire lunch this way and see what happens. And guess what? I bet you you're going to be full way before you're normally full because you pay attention uh, to what you're eating. And guess what? Once you start eating this way, you're not going to want to stop. Uh, If you're done with your apple, you can put your core in there. Um, once you start eating this way, you're not going to want to eat with your family anymore because they're bothering you from eating. You're not going to want to eat with your friends anymore because they're bothering you from eating because you like to eat this way. You just want to eat alone in a cave somewhere <laughs> and enjoy your meal. Um, so that was eating meditation. Questions or comments? A lot of questions. So. The less you multitask, the more you can enjoy, the more you can better focus. Is that enough? That's right. Um, that's right. The less you worry about doing multiple things at once, the better your attention can be on the thing that you are doing. All right. So one of the questions that people have tough time thinking about uh, or answering is. What do I think about when I meditate? I mean, there's a lot of things you can. It depends on which meditation you're doing. We went through a couple today, but you won't be surprised um, that there are a bunch of things um, for you to think about, and you won't be surprised that they're all in the book, and we call them bhavnas, right? Or the things that James meditate on. And there are twelve of them. 
Anitya Bhavna, the transitoriness of the world. Everything changes. Okay? Asanana Bhavna, the helplessness of the soul. <clears throat> that is, that might sound weird, but the book puts it very good. There's no escape for the young one of a deer pounced upon by a hungry tiger. Similarly, there's no way of escape for the self caught in the meshes of birth, old age, death, disease, and sorrow. Even the stout body is helpful in the presence of food, but not in the presence of distress. Wealth acquired from great effort does not accompany you to the next life. The friends who have shared your joys and sorrows cannot save you at death. Your relations united together cannot give you relief when you're afflicted by sickness. But if you accumulate merit and virtue, that will help you cross this ocean of misery. So uh, what this is saying is your money is not going to help you in your next life. Your friends are not going to help you in your next life. But what is the good karma that you experience in this life, right? Or the shedding of karma or the blocking of karma that you experience in this life is the only thing that can help you as you traverse across this ocean of misery we call death and rebirth. <clears throat> and that is asadana bhavna. That's the second thing you might be thinking about. The next one is samsara bhavna, the pain and suffering of birth and death. Aikhava bhavna, the inability of another to share your suffering and sorrow. I wish I could share your suffering, but your sufferings are yours alone. And I wish you could share my sorrow, but my sorrows are mine alone. Anyatva bhavna, the distinctiveness between the body and soul. The body and soul are different. Asuchi bhavna, the filthiness of the body. Ashrav bhavna, the influx of karma. Samvar bhavna, the stoppage of karma. Nirjara bhavna, the shedding of karma. Loka bhavna, the forms and divisions of the universe. That is, you, we think about what the universe is like, the shape of the universe, the substances of the universe. That helps us reinforce our belief in Jainism. Bodhi Durlab Bhavna, the difficulty of obtaining human birth and how special that is and how we should take advantage of it while we're human. The purpose of being to do as much nirjara as possible. Humans, have, you're in a unique position to do as much nirjara as possible. And Dharma Bhavna, the truth <laughs> promulgated by the Tirthankars. <laughs> so what do Jains think about when we meditate? We think about the 12 Bhavnas. Questions or comments about that? Okay, remember, you don't have to sit on the floor and meditate. You can meditate sitting in a chair. You can meditate standing up. If you got bad knees, you can meditate wherever you want. You can meditate in the tub. You can meditate wherever you want. doesn't matter if there are sounds. I meditate if I get to picking up my daughter from school early. I do five minutes in the car. I set my timer. I try to practice it in the car. doesn't matter if there are sounds. It doesn't matter if your phone rings. <coughs> you can do it everywhere. Because everything is an appearance in consciousness. And there are a bunch of types of meditation we did not get to today. We got to maybe three or four. Okay, there's uh, a million different types. Let's talk about them a little bit without doing them. <clears throat> So Observe, meditate, yeah. Meditate while walking? Yes, walking meditation is one of them. Let me see here. Yeah, number six, walking meditation. 
Mindfulness and walking is one of the basic forms of moving meditation. Most of us are used to doing things like walking, cleaning, and doing the laundry that we don't even think twice about. A walking meditation consists of slowly, mindfully, taking gentle steps and focusing your awareness on each step. Just like we focused our, our awareness on each breath. And we found that it was very interesting. There's a lot to think about when we focus on the breath. Each step you take, there's also a lot to think about. When you start, how far you go, how much pressure. When you pick up your other foot, how far you go, how much pressure, how fast are you walking. There's a bunch to think about when you walk, and it's fun to do walking meditation. Most of this meditation, basically, it's just blocking your thoughts. Just pay attention to what you are doing physically and just be there and then kind of block everything off. Right? Yeah, I, w I wouldn't put it like blocking because we don't want to try to block it. We want to let it go. We want to see it and let it go. And we want to focus on what we want to focus on. You're right. Uh, you're right. We want to focus. We want to direct our attention instead of letting our thoughts capture our attention. But I wouldn't say blocking. That's just... But then how does meditation help you throughout, right? Like when you're doing it for that 10, 15 minutes, whatever, you are there. You're, you're doing the thought work. After that, how is it making better your rest of the day? Guess what? First of all, you have an island you can go to. You remember that, oh, when you're in a tough time, you remember, oh, I have a place I can go that I like to go. That helps you through that tough time. And guess what? Second... When you become good enough, you start integrating that into your daily life. When you walk, you're doing walking meditation. When you're sitting in the car, you're doing breathing meditation. And guess what? Pretty soon you're meditating all the time, throughout your whole life, everything that you're doing. And we call that mindfulness. The only difference between mindfulness and meditation is meditation, you sit down in one place or you stand up in one place and you do it. What mindfulness is, is you live your life meditating. Everything you go through, you go through your same day, you get up, you go to work, you come home, you hang out with your family, your same day, but your life is totally transformed because you're meditating while you're doing it. That is, all of these things are happening at the same time. And you may think, how can these things be happening at the same time? How can I be focusing on my breath and eating my food and talking with my kids and I'm ha on all, they're all happening at the same time? Guess what? You just started waking up. And when you realize that they're all happening at the same time, you realize you lived your entire life in a fog. That you, you absolutely had no idea. Yeah, Tibir told you you were living your life in a fog, but that doesn't mean anything. You can only see it in hindsight. That you were living your life distracted. As if you couldn't see anything around you. So is the same to say that live in the moment? Is basically kind of same thing, or is that completely different? No, that is what we're doing. When we focus on the breath, we are realizing one of the epiphanies that you will have if you continue to meditate is that the only thing that exists is the present moment. The past does not exist. The future does not exist. As the future unfolds, it just becomes the present moment. And the only thing you have control of is your actions and your attention in the present moment. And that's exactly what this is for. See, mindfulness means when you're, any work you're doing, you just concentrate on that. That's my, mindfulness, right? No. Mindfulness is you have your goals in mind at all times. That is, you're doing everything 
you live an examined life. That is, you're doing everything in accordance with your goals. That's what mindfulness is. It means you don't do anything distracted. And what you do do, you know the purpose behind what you're doing. And so there's that phrase, right? Before enlightenment, you chop wood and you carry water. But guess what you do after enlightenment? You also chop wood and you carry water. But your life has changed because you know why you're doing it. That's right, because you are a soul. You're not a body. And once you realize that truth, and meditation is the way to help you realize that truth, the reason your life will change is because you'll make all decisions based on the fact that you're a soul. And you'll throw away your wallet. You'll pull out all your hair. You will not eat. Uh, you'll go on a Jane diet. You will not care about money. You won't care about your job. You won't care about your family. You won't care about anything. Because you realize you're a soul. And that's the only thing that matters is that you burn as much karma as possible while you have the chance. You don't care about your family? No. We, we are not going to shy away from any uncomfortable truths in this class. You are a soul. Your family are their own souls. And you are responsible for your own soul. Nobody is responsible for your soul, and you are not responsible for anybody else's soul. But see, you are doing good karma by helping them, right? So this is the karma, you are helping them, so it's, you are doing that karma to help anybody, you know, also person. So that's a good karma. Well, once again, we're not going to shy away from any uncomfortable truths in this class. I encourage you, when you get to the right level, not to do good karma. Because you are attaching karma to your soul and you do not want to do that. I encourage you when you get to the right level to stop doing good karma. Because we want to stop all karma from binding to our soul. We're not going to shy away from any uncomfortable truths in this class. That's not why we're here. We're here to talk about the truth. Thank you so much for your time this week. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having us.